You're listening to the Name Drop Podcast, where we reveal the industry experts and brilliant founders behind the marketing campaigns and brands you know and love. In a world where things change fast and marketing is the opposite of static, we are here to reveal the marketing geniuses and how they find their inspiration, hoping to inspire you along the way. Hi. Hey, Molly. How are you? Good. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I feel honored. Touched. Leave it to Molly to start a cool podcast. (laughs) I'm just happy to be here. It's going to be fun. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. You know, we finally get some sunshine. Yeah. I trekked over from um, Brooklyn, and I'm glad that the train did not derail. I don't know if you heard all these train mishaps that are derailing no. off the tracks. Yes. Wait, really? Twice in one week. Oh, my gosh. And thankfully, like, no one was hurt, but, you know, I've never had that fear before. Yeah, no. <laughs> but here, we're here safe. Glad to be here. Good, good. I know the trains are always a, you never know what's going to happen. You never know. Yeah. No, and I live and die by the G, so. Yeah. Like Even if, more if it's not If it's not going, then I'm walking yeah. wherever I'm going. Um, but no, I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. Talk some design yeah. stuff. So without telling us you know, who you are, what you yeah. do, what types of things are you coming up against in your career, profession right now? Profession, as far as like challenging? Yeah, or... challenging opportunities, just – yeah. So what are you thinking about? Not to yeah, not to give myself away or anything, but um, we do work with a lot of branding projects. So big challenge is just oversaturation in the market. Just constantly every day we're seeing so many brands. There's so many consumer goods out there, and just how to make myself as a designer deliver a unique service and, and style, and also give our clients you know a really unique brand as well. And it's, it's super challenging. Yeah. Just the volume. Just the volume. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. you walk down the street and you you see ads, restaurants, you know, you're in the subway, you're just bombarded by so many different types of content. Lot. And it's just, you know, how do you stand out? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, even if you go into the supermarket, just the volume of right. options we have within retail is crazy too. Right. So creating something that's going to stand out on the shelf or in an ad or on a website is oh, it's a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I can see that. And it's exciting because obviously there's a need. There, right. there, there's so many companies that are successful. Um, and I try to, to coach my clients in that, you know, consistency is so key. Yeah. And that might sound boring or you don't want to feel like you're you're doing the same thing and repeating the same thing over and over but it's so crucial because you have to be recognizable you have mm-hmm. to establish establish a brand recognition and by doing that you just have to be consistent yeah i mean we saw the chick-fil-a cows for how many years and you just knew when you drive down the highway and you see a Chick-fil-A cow, you're like, oh, there's Chick-fil-A. Right. I know that brand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They've created that association. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to. People's attention span is just it's so short. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to gotta catch them quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I hear you for sure. What brag about yourself? What has been what are some <laughs> things that you're proud of recently or even just looking back at? Your career, like, sure. yeah. What are you writing home about? Ooh, okay, I'm bragging is not my strong suit. Um, but I do think it, I think over the last week it was kind of an aha moment of just being proud of a lot of the relationships I've been able to establish and ones that you know have crept back up from some of my first jobs out of school. Those relationships have really held so tight, and I think it just goes to show how important every relationship and interaction you have with people really is. I mean, those people could be a part of your life 
and pop up and help you and support you and you vice versa help them. Yeah. So just really being a people person and just being a human when it comes to to client relationships is really important. And yeah. I agree. I was talking to someone last night who is thinking about um, he has his like an independent consulting practice for himself right now. And yeah. he's like, do I try to build it? Do I keep it what it is? And kind of going through that debate, which, you know, I feel like a lot of people go through. Yeah. Um, and we were talking just about like the importance of your network and the p- relationships that you have. And I was like, listen, you're a great person and you know and have built all these connections with people. Like, Totally. Why not? See where you can take it. But that that's the key, right? Like that's so, the key to success, so I think, in any business or profession is like having those connections and oh, absolutely. having them be genuine and authentic too. Absolutely. A bit of advice I got once from a colleague uh, back at like one of my first agencies was to remember that when clients are looking for a partnership in a brand studio, that they're also paying and looking for that like emotional experience mm-hmm. as well. Like that is fun to them. Like it's different than their day to day. You know, it's it could be them starting a business and it's their baby and they take so much pride in it and they want someone who's equally excited. Yeah. So to really be like present in those conversations and part of that process with them, I mean, that is such a huge piece. Yeah. That's why AI you can't do it all. <laughs> no, I know. You are I mean, the human component is will always be important, for right? Sure. I mean, there's no way around it. Well, I'll brag about you for a second <laughs> because we worked with you on a project and I thought when you came to the client meeting with the creative directions for the logo and the brand refresh and you brought cookies (laughs) to like be a visual representation of the different types of styles was so cool. And like that's such a way to dimensionalize an experience, I think, and just showcase to a client like, yeah, I put a lot of thought and effort into this. It wasn't just like – I think sometimes, especially in the creative Mm -hmm. field, there's there's this view that, oh, well, they're just good at that and they just thought it. They just thought about right, it, and right. this is what they came up with. And right. it's like there's so much more to it than that. Right. Or there's like a plug and play. Yes, like yes. Like here cutter. are my here are my ten things I could choose from, right. and I'm going to choose these four for them. Right. Um, no, that was that was such a fun project to be a part of. And yeah, I mean that cookie experience was just trying to find their personality. Like, yeah. what are you are you drawn to the homemade cookies? Yes. Are you drawn to the more buttoned up boutique? really cool lavender ice yeah, whatever like quaff. Yeah, quaff yeah. Cookie. yeah um but it is it's those things that make it fun for both parties yeah and to really pick up on little bits that your client tells you that they don't realize that you're listening to mm-hmm. and remembering i think is it goes so much further than anyone realizes yeah and like especially in presentations like if molly if you were talking about your dog fluffy or whatever <laughs> like making little mental notes of those things and then in the presentation Mock up a dog bandana yeah. for Fluffy. It's just yeah. like remembering those things and totally. making it feel really special and like that person has been heard. It it takes you so far. It I really agree. Does. I agree. I mean, no one wants to feel like they're getting the copy and paste from no. other stuff that you've done in the past, right? Um, so anytime that you can ha- take the act of listening and turn it into more of like a custom experience. Totally. It makes a huge difference. Yes. I agree. So I guess, you know, when you think about the creative landscape today and the different service offerings that exist from big agency to smaller shops to yeah. freelance talent, how would you, if you were a brand, navigate like where to go for some of these creative needs? Right. I mean, 
I think there's a need for all of them. Like I do. And I think you got to figure out first, you know, budget wise, maybe where you lie on that scale. Because if you are a mom and pop shop and you your budget is smaller and this investment is big to you, you know, a freelancer could be an amazing option and finding someone to really just help you get started. I mean, you see brands like Uber, like their first logo was, you know, it's just something to get it going and right. get your name out there. So it's okay to start small, but then figuring out, you know, what, who your target audience is. If you, if your audience really is on social media, then you really need to find some social media experts, someone who's really wise in that digital space invest in them yeah um and then if you're you know a bigger brand and you need a really a bigger full service agency then you do look at the, at the bigger guys yeah and i feel like i'm a little tainted now because i came from a bigger ad shop right and now i'm part of a two-man shop don't reveal yourself don't i won't reveal myself <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. <laughs> lips are sealed um but it is it's interesting to see that i always felt like the bigger brands would only ever want the bigger agencies because right. I just felt like a natural fit, big and big. Right. But I do feel like there has been more of a desire to find smaller boutique shops that you kind of know who you're going to be working mm-hmm. with. You know that exact talent. The person you're speaking to on the phone is the person who's going to be designing your yeah. your brand at the end of the day. Like there is no question about, you know, is it going to be passed off to someone who you've never met? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think that there actually it's, it's evolved a bit. Um, into that, there's a desire for for some smaller smaller guys. Yeah, as well. no, I agree. I mean, we were pitching a client yesterday. That's a big brand, and yeah. we had the team on the phone who will like if we get the work, we'll work on the brand. Awesome. And they asked us to showcase like what would our team structure look like. Yeah, and we are very like all in on. I mean, we don't have ten people. I mean, we guess we could. But like we would never create a team of 10 and be like, here's 10 different people that right. could potentially touch your work. It's like these are your – this is your squad, right? Like mm-hmm. two to three, four people depending on the scope and like they're going to they're gonna know what type of coffee you like. They're right. going to know what your goals are. They're going to know your business. And I think that that's so important because we're acting as a translator. And if you don't understand those pieces, it makes it really hard. Oh, absolutely. Because you have to play that role. Like you say, you know the coffee, like those little things sound silly, but it really is getting in that mindset of your client to know when you're going down that process, when they're, they're, they can't be around for the whole entire process, but you have to think for them Mm -hmm. and, you know, be able to filter things and ideas that you know that would or would not be right for them. You really do have to know them much more intimately. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So the briefing process is obviously super important in the work that you do and that we do. When you see – I mean, I guess I'm curious. One thing I'm curious about is do you guys ever give a client like a template and say like these are the things we need to know or do you just take the information as the client presents it to you and then ask questions? Like what does your process look like for that? Yeah, it's it's definitely – there's a range and I think it's funny (laughs) – like briefing sometimes is a rare thing to see. It is. We work. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like when we get formal briefs, I'm like, wow, well, okay. Yeah. This never happens anymore. Already yeah. brownie points. Yeah. Like, it can be rare just because we work a lot with, um, you know, mom and pop shops and smaller businesses and entrepreneurs who maybe this is their first time working with a design team or yeah. a marketing team. So there's a little bit of hand-holding when it comes to that. But we do often work with brand strategists who come in and help really draft that 
creative brief for us. And they're definitely guiding principles of like, here's some a structure for you to help us, mm-hmm. you know, establish, you know, who is your who's your audience? What are the exact deliverables we we need to accomplish on this this project? And an old creative director I worked with, he was awesome. And he partnered with the, the lead brand strategist of our team. And they crafted this like formula for a brief that was brilliant. They said, A, it needs to be limited to one to two pages. Like if you are going yeah. on and on and on, you don't know <laughs> what the goal is right. in this project. And I think you even talked about knowing your target audience. Like it can't be everyone. No. You, yeah. Then you it don't, can't be. Then you don't know who you're trying to connect with. Exactly. Yeah. So you need to, you really need to filter it down and whittle it down to a one to two page brief. And then another challenge on that brief was to create what they called a smit. Okay. So it was the single most important thing. Okay. So kind of like kiss, like keep it simple, stupid. But it was <laughs> posed to the account team and to the strategist team, whoever was you know crafting this brief, to come up with one line of what that goal was. Yeah. the project. And that helped really focus both the creative team and like get our juices flowing. We know what the expectations are. We know right. what the goal is right. for that project. But I think we've really taken that as, you know, a good formula for ongoing work. I like that. I like that. I mean, it needs structure for because sure. there's so many directions that you can go in. It's kind of like dating. It's like you have right. to put the structure around what it is you're looking for. Right. Otherwise, you're just going to have option paralysis or be directionless, which is not going to get you anywhere. No, it's Uh, not. Yeah. And I I think that it seems to be, you know, the expectation of creatives is to not be put in a box. Yes. You want to be put in a box. A hundred percent. But it's so the opposite. Yeah. Like we need that structure to be able to to then create within those those guidelines. Because otherwise there's too many options. Yeah. Like, oh, we could come up with things for days and just go down so many wrong rabbit holes that we really need help with. Well, then the client's going to say, well, you guys just don't get us. And it's like, well, because we didn't have anything to even go off of to to try to get you, right? right? What types of things do you – what are the worst things you see in the briefing process sometimes? Like when you come across it, you're thinking, oh, gosh, here we go. Uh, um, Really, I think when they – don't have their clear story or message. Yeah. And we have come across that a little bit. And I think that is put on us to kind of help them discover what that story sure. is. But I think that messaging is huge. Even though we are designers, we we partner with writers quite often. And we think that that is like the most important first step is really discovering what their values are. If they don't know what their values are or their mission yeah. is, you know, then we do have to do that groundwork right. first. So I think when their wheels are turning, trying to figure out what their messaging is, then we know they have a great product or we know that they have a great service that they're offering. Mm-hmm. They're great people, but we really have to figure out what, you know, that story is first yeah. before we build yeah. things around it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the basics, the foundation of the business, like right. what things get you out of bed every day and are, is the purpose behind what you're trying to build here right. because you're working off of that always. Absolutely. Um, it's interesting. I think sometimes people think that marketing will be the solve for mm-hmm. that and it's not really. Like it's an area where marketing can help, right. but we have to have something to hook on to. Right. Otherwise, it's a bit, a no, bit of a lost cause. It's such a lost cause. Yeah. It can be. Like we need to have to focus and if we're testing something, we need – to be really specific and purposeful mm-hmm. in what we're testing. Um, 
Because, yeah, it's just like throwing spaghetti at a wall. Yeah. Like hoping something sticks. Right. That's not a good approach. Right. Yeah. So then is the opposite true where like if you see something brief or a project come in that has a lot of direction around the brand story, is that like, oh, this is going to be exciting and a home run? For sure. Yeah. Brands who come to us with a clear story and know themselves really well, it's – Oh, it's yeah. like the golden egg, like you, the mecca. Yeah, it's, you're it's like truly, so excited, it's so great, and um, but, and even if they don't have their story totally crafted, like even just having a client who's so passionate about what it is that they're doing, yeah. like we know we can get there, right? We know that we can help them and guide them and give them the tools that they need to really craft that yeah. story. But I think just as long as they're passionate about what it is they're doing, then we know we're going to be set yeah. up for success. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree. The energy makes a huge difference. Yeah, it really, really does. Awesome. What relationships have had the most impact on you in your professional career? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I could name so many professors or creative directors and family, you know, who's just been so supportive. Um, And I think not giving away too much, but it's uh, my business partner is has been the most crucial relationship. And I've said it so many times, but it's it's really is like a marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm not married, so you know what do I know? But <laughs> it feels like you know you have to a trust that person mm-hmm. at the core, and you have to have so much respect for them. You know, you're having really difficult conversations. You're faced with difficult conversations and situations, and you have to talk about your values as a company and what you see for yourself in the future. Like a lot of those conversations are like marriage conversations. For sure. For sure. Um, And I've just been super lucky in that she has pushed me and has had faith in me that's given me the confidence to be a better designer. Yeah. Um, And she's just a great person to start. So I just, I've felt really lucky to found someone I respect creatively and who's just, you know, amazing to be around. That's awesome. I mean, I a hundred percent agree though, that having a business partner is like having a marriage partner because you do have to navigate a lot of tough situations and prioritize yourselves as people, but also you as a collective. And I mean, so often you see partnerships go sideways Right. In business, not dissimilar for marriage because certain conversations haven't been had or right. you don't have a baseline respect for one another or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, totally. I feel like it's just like not something that anyone could take lightly. But I think probably even more so than marriage, it does get taken lightly a lot. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I want to start something. I don't want to do it on my own. I'm just going to partner with someone. And then it's like, do you know what that means? Right. Like it's a big deal. Oh, it's such a big deal. Yeah. I mean, and you have to realize that they're they're human at the, at yeah. the end of the day, you know, mm-hmm. and they're going to have off days. You're going to have off days. Mm-hmm. And like, how do you support each other and make sure that you're creating, you know, a healthy, sustainable work-life balance Yeah, and leaning in, in, into each other's strengths as well and, and having those transparent conversations about things that go well and things that don't go well or right. what you see for the future. Like just a lot of intense yeah. emotional conversations. You have to have that connection and feel really strong with the person that you're with. Yeah. I mean, what would you say are the two most important things that someone should talk about before they consider partnering with someone to start a business? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And something that we we talked about was just what our overall vision was as a design studio. Like what are our dream clients, what are our dreams types of projects, Mm -hmm. like making sure that we had that same vision. 
And then really talking about how we see our day-to-day life. Like, do we want to have, you know, a really healthy work-life balance? Do we want to end at five o'clock? Right. Or do we want to become the biggest, greatest studio out there and we're want to grow into a 30-person shop and that's going to look much differently? And so making sure that we kind of see the same vision there as well. It's really important, yeah. Because you don't want to, you don't want to keep that from your partner, and no. then you are disappointed by where things have ended up, right? Right. So it's, it's important to to just be honest, yeah. So agree. You got to set the expectations, yeah, and see. And if you're not on the same page, that's okay, right? But it's better to know that in the upfront, right? For sure. it's, that's so true. It is absolutely okay. There's yeah. no right or wrong way to do things. No. It's just no. What is going to make you both happy? Mm-hmm. And if it aligns, and that's beautiful, and yeah. that means you're gonna likely have a really successful relationship but to just be true with what it is that you want yeah super important agree awesome well tell us who you are what you do let's hear the reveal Uh, i'm madison dixon i am co-founder of mad goat studio so we're i'm sure you can tell we're a branding and design studio um a two-man shop based in charlotte in new york Awesome. Okay. How'd you guys come up with the name? I've, uh, I've never asked you this. It's so funny because I feel like we overthought every step of our process of just, <laughs> I mean, we're designers so we have to come up with yeah. our own identity. And then when it came to the name, we hadn't thought much about it. And a friend of Andy's was like, oh, you are obsessed with goats. My business partner's named Andy. And she's obsessed with goats. She's obsessed with okay. goats. So they're like, oh, you should name it Goat Studio. And we're like, that's funny. Yeah. And then her friend... It's like, actually, you shouldn't even Mad Goat Studio. Put my name in there some yeah. way with Andy's obsession with goats. Yeah. And it just clicked. I feel like we didn't think much more. Right. Like, it. you're it like, this felt is like right. It yeah. felt right. Yeah. It was so funny. We're like, that feels right. It feels funny and quirky and memorable and not not like we take ourselves too seriously, which felt like us. Yeah. Um, and so it's fun. We've had a lot of fun with the name. Yeah. And I love I love the name. <laughs> I do think that the best brand names come from like a gut feeling and yeah. not overthinking it. Like yes. eh, you know, you're like, oh, this I kinda like this. Like I struggled so much with sure. what to name indie and I was overthinking it, overthinking it, overthinking it for like a year. Yeah. And I was calling it um, I was calling ourselves an independent collective uh-huh. and then I shortened it to an indie collective. And I was like, so I remember sitting at dinner with someone saying, oh, yeah, I just am struggling so much with this name. Like right. I, and I, you know, we're just this indie collective. And he was like, just call the company indie. Like <laughs> you're overthinking it. And I was like, oh my God, you're so right. Like I was already referring to it like yeah, that. And yeah. then it's like, okay, this has legs. It's two syllables, which makes right. things easy, similar to Mad Goat, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it there's like different interpretations that you could take with oh, it yeah, and it's... like build off of. And I'm like, okay, well, here I was obsessing over this for a really right. long time and it turns right. out I didn't need to be, but that's so that is so funny. Yeah. It's so true to really just not overthink. Yeah. And it's funny, we we do work with clients on naming as part of our yeah. our process. And we'll have like a placeholder sometimes for names just while we're getting the project going. And one client was like this cool production studio and we called them Studio X mm-hmm. as like our placeholder name. And then after a while we're like is, is Studio X starting to sound kind yeah, of – Yeah, like, is this going to be the name? It's kind of cool. <laughs> we ended up going down a different route, but it was definitely on the table I'm sure. for a while. Yeah, like, no, I'm sure. Maybe you don't overthink it. Maybe yeah. this is just how it's destined to be. Right? I yeah. love that. That's awesome. Oh. So what does a day in the life look like? 
Yeah, it's um, – I mean, every day changes, which I feel like you yeah. know very well. Um, we could be spending a whole day working on proposals and emails and just catching up on, you know, the biz ops mm-hmm. side of things. Other days, like I was saying, we do naming. So those uh, those days could look like a, a discovery phase or discovery workshop where we pull in brand strategists and writers and we have the clients there and we just do – all sorts of brain exercises. Those are such fun days to really just get everyone being silly and vulnerable is, um, it's really, it's a really fun day. And then like the more expected days of designers where we really just get to kind of put on some good music Mm -hmm. and jam on some, some work. That's cool. Do you structure your weeks in a way that like allow you to have some of those more collaborative days versus, you know, thoughtful creativity days, or are you just like, Hey, let's let it rip and I'll just mix it all up. That's how I am, but I'm a psycho. So no. And I, and that's absolutely how we started. I think that's how my brain is. I'm like, Oh, what was, I feel like doing this today. But Andy, thankfully is like, organized structured human and so we do we have twice a week we have our our partnership meetings so on mondays and thursdays and then we make wednesdays no meeting days love that just kind of cancel it out just let us catch up yeah the middle of the week is usually when we need to hit a deadline by Mm -hmm. the end of the week catch up on other things so it's really nice to have just a focus day because even like little emails or little oh, meetings yeah. here and there kind of break that totally that creative um, mode process. Yeah, um, and then we'll have like proposals due on Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. So we do. It's it's help to have that structure just yeah. to know that every week, like okay, I need to make sure that I get these proposals out by Tuesday. So how does that fit into the week before? Yeah, yeah. That's smart. No, we. I've been thinking about: Do we do something like that for the team, where like right. we have, you know, no meeting Fridays or whatever? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Everyone's schedules and the clients we work with are so different. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in a purely creative practice, you would need to have structured time for the creativity. Otherwise, right. it's hard to find that space. I think. No, so. it is. And yeah, you have so many more people to have to. To structure and organize, so we're we're so much more flexible. It's yeah. like, like, do you have thirty minutes to jump on a call? Like, right, right, right. Yeah, we yeah. But I'm also that. like, I love, I like, thr- like get high off of like jumping from one thing to the next. Yeah, like, yeah. I want my days to look super diverse, and like, I have to rein myself in and be like, not everybody's <laughs> yeah. like this. Like, they don't like having just like spaghetti soup every <laughs> single day. You know, like I'm like going from like something really serious to something really like silly and brainstormy and it's like a jockey yeah. all the time but not everybody likes that so. I'm, I'm the same way molly and i think sometimes I'm like oh that like oddly inspires me for this yes. other thing if you're kind of bouncing around yes it's, i think it can be the chaos yeah driving chaos. i know i kind of do too yeah. <laughs> a little a little a little yeah. which is so funny my dad's like big saying growing up was structure dictates behavior. Uh, And like, if you have structure in any scenario, it's Mm going to benefit the product basically. Um, And he's not wrong. (laughs) He's not wrong. (laughs) But sometimes I'm like, throw it out the window. Um, No, but I, I, it, it does. Some loose structure is always helpful. Yes. For sure. Agreed. For sure. Um, And it's a curse of like, a creative too you just you can't turn on the creative switch no, either which no. is so frustrating because there would be like oh we've got our wednesday day designated yeah i have to be creative, creative this today. day yeah and like it feels forced and right. yeah 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 it yeah, just yeah. doesn't work that way yeah i know yeah yeah i was working on a proposed a pitch 
proposal the other day and I was like, I'm so stuck. I, I just felt like I had no, like I couldn't come up yeah. with any ideas. And I was like, all right, I'm going to, I, and old me would have just sat there and like forced something out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm going to stop. I'm actually going to go for a run because that helps. And like, if I revisit this tonight, I revisit it tonight. And then I right. sat back down to do it. And I was like, this is so much easier now. Yes. Like I really needed to take a moment yes. and just work on something else or think, do something else. Yeah. So no, trusting yourself with that too, I think is so important. Absolutely. And you're the runner. Uh, that, that would not be my, <laughs> my go-to. But truly like taking a, just a 15 minute walk, yeah. like just getting out, yeah. it's, it's really can reset you. Yeah, I help. agree. I agree. So what would you say is the high and the low of your job? Like the best part, the worst part? Best part, the worst part. Um, I mean, really, I feel so incredibly lucky with the clients that I that we've gotten, um, and just the projects that they've they've presented to us. Like, yeah. it's really I could pinch myself if I had thought about this years ago that I would be working on, you know, ice cream shops or pizza places, right? And, and the people that we get to work with are so passionate about what it is they're doing, and they're all incredible, inspiring people. Yeah. So it feels like a dream to be working with the people we are. Uh, as cheesy as it sounds, it's it's true. Um, it's been really fun. I love that. Yeah, yeah. the and people you, like I get to work with people like you know, and just an inspiring all around. It's, it's yeah, we're in a very fun industry. We are. I say that all. I I try to remind myself of that and remind my team of that. Like we work in a really fun space. Yeah. Like there is a lot more dry material out there. Like right. we get to wake up every day and do this, which like right is pretty cool. Honestly, oh, so if you put it into perspective, it really, we are very lucky. Yeah, yeah. And what would you say is the low? The low. I mean, being a creative. So both my business partner and I are designers by trade. Like okay. that is what we do. So having to pick up the the client relations skills and the invoicing and oh, yeah. project management and all those little things yeah. that were behind the scenes before when we had the luxury of working at an agency. Right. Like oh. We have to do all those things now. Yeah. Um, so that has been tricky, but it's still it's a reminder at the end of the day. Like, yes, we have to do these things that maybe aren't as fun, but it still allows for us to do the thing that we love to do. Right. Yeah. So you just gotta. Yeah, I can relate. I mean, you, no one starts a uh, business in the creative sphere thinking like, oh, I love doing the administrative business part. Right. It's like, no. no, you like doing the work product, yeah, right? Yeah. And like, you're like, I think we have something interesting here that we can do better on our own or scale or whatever right. it may be. I feel like I had to make the brain switch like a couple years ago, maybe even less, like 18 months ago of like, okay, I if I want indie to really continue to scale yeah. and grow, I have to commit myself to learning as much as I can and being passionate about like business operations right. and business scaling and all how to f- make these hard things that we don't love easier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's been, it's been a mental shift and something that's been really uncomfortable for me because right. I'm a marketer. Like that's what I love to do. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm like, I love business development. <laughs> I'm like, I get jazzed about weird operational things. It's still not my favorite, <laughs> but like I, I've found, I'm trying to be a student I, of 
business building yeah. versus like being an incredible marketer. And that's a huge shift. Oh, I feel like you are great at that. It feels like a natural, <sighs> you are like a smart, savvy businesswoman. Oh, well, that's nice but, of you. Oh, I've made is. a lot it's... of mistakes though. I just, I like learning new things. So I'm like, this is a whole new territory. Yeah, yeah. So here I am, you know? That is the fun part. Yeah. You get to learn about all sorts of industries. You do. You do. If you enjoy that, it is so, it's so fun. Yeah. At 21, did you ever think you'd be doing what you're doing now? Oh, no. No. Uh, and I feel like that's such a typical response, which it is, is crazy. It is crazy. Um, but no, I mean, I started off in business school. And luckily enough, the the university I was at was at NC State, had a college of design that was really cool school. And I toured it my first year as I was in B school. And I was like, dang it, that's where I need to be. Like, I felt so much more at home and yeah. inspired just being in that space. So I ended up transferring into it, thankfully, and um, found my my passion there. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. It does usually look like that. I mean, exactly. we've talked about that on a couple of the previous guests, too, just of people have all these diverse backgrounds of theater and film school and right. like I studied psychology and like it's not did you really? I yeah know. I wanted to be a social worker oh. yeah maybe I did know that yeah okay yeah okay. oh yeah that was the plan wow yeah so like big pivot yeah, right like right. this is not what I thought is applicable probably yeah. To- yes yeah but the social worker part not as much <laughs> it's funny because I think you do have to trust yourself in the process of like Okay, you pick a lane, but you can change the lane at any point. Oh. And if something feels better or right, like follow that intuition. Absolutely. No, I think that's such a great point. Because even after school, I ended up in advertising. And for me, that did not feel right. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I was kind of going down the right path, but I'm not an ad girl. Like right. the competition didn't really excite me. And it's great for some people. But some advice I'd gotten from, I can't remember who it was, but they, advise me that you could you create that narrative when people ask you what it is you do mm-hmm. open up to them and tell them what it is you love mm-hmm. and so I, I really started changing how I talked about myself yeah and when people asked me what I did I said you know I'm a graphic designer and I love branding and food and bev yeah even though I worked in advertising that that part was true right and people remember and they become those connectors for you 100 they really do it's it was amazing and you just open up to anyone be mm-hmm. honest about what it is you like and they might even give you an opportunity too. Yeah. They might know someone. And at that point, you you show up and you deliver and then you, you kind of build from there. Yeah. It's so important. And I I feel like I want everyone to know how important that is of yeah. just like being open and communicative and making those connections early on in your career. Yes. They will benefit you down the line. Like a hundred percent they will. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I truly, I would not be doing what I am today if I didn't start having those conversations yeah. with people truly. Oh yeah. I would have just kept going down that advertising path mm-hmm. and felt, okay, this is fine. Yeah. But you really just, there's no harm in telling people no. what your dreams are. No. I agree. I agree. And they're going to change and look different. And we all have the freedom for that to happen. So you just need to go for it in the moment. And if you change your mind, no one's going to be like, but you said you wanted to be a social worker. Like, no one cares. Literally nobody cares. And if they remember, then yeah, they need some hobbies. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You have too much time (laughs) on your hands. Uh, Amazing. Well, let's do a quick round of uh, trendy and tragic. Are you ready? Yes. Are you nervous? Scared. You're nervous. I'm such a Uh, Okay. First one. Groovy nanny granny on TikTok. 
Oh, see, okay. Do you know who this is? I don't even have TikTok, Molly. Wow. You don't, you don't need it, though. <laughs> you don't need it. You don't need Probably it. Should, okay, describe Groovy Nanny. Okay, Groovy Nanny Granny is this, like, 70-some-odd-year-old woman on okay. TikTok who makes these TikToks of, like, her dancing in her bathrobe and, like, okay. being a grandma, basically. And I aspire to be her one I day. Mean, tr- yeah, 100% <laughs> trendy. That is, right? feels like me. I, like, I, this is a weird thing, but I have always looked forward to being a grandma. <laughs> like, I look forward to that time in my life because oh. I just feel like you can just, like, go for it, you know? You can just be whoever you want to be and be annoying and you get to get away with it because you're old. So I, I feel the exact same way. Right? Like, I will wear all the necklaces I own. Oh, yeah. Wear all the crazy jackets. Oh, yeah. And like my style is shameless. Just, I'm on the eccentricity trajectory right now. And like by the time I hit my 70s, watch out. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be wild. You will know when Molly's around. <laughs> so, so funny. Um, okay. Well, on the flip side of that, yeah. quiet luxury. Quiet luxury. Oh, trendy. Yeah. Yeah. Peace and quiet and luxury is. And will we always be timeless? Yes. Too. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I'm glad that that is like becoming more of a thing because I the like brand loudness and like mm-hmm. fast fashion. Ugh. I mean, how many things did you used to buy in your early 20s that like you would throw away from like Forever 21? Yeah, constantly. like you literally wear it once and yeah. then you'd be like, this fits terribly, and right. actually, I hate it. <laughs> no, <laughs> and then it goes in the garbage. It's yeah, yeah. I think that we all were so guilty. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, the Parisian mindset of yes. just like. Timeless, yes. Elegance. The capsule and, wardrobe. Yes. I'm like, I'm here for this. Same, same. I like it. I, I will not have a capsule wardrobe at any time. I'm working towards it, building <laughs> yeah, yeah. piece by piece. But it helps living in New York because it's not like we have that much space to no put you, things. So you have to be really thoughtful about what you buy. Oh, you're forced. Yeah, to. yeah, yeah. I tell Andrew, I'm like, do you really need that? Because we don't have any closet space. So like, don't I, get carried away. Yeah. <laughs> Keep them in. Yeah, line. yeah. Um, awesome. So for the last one, I don't know if you've seen that. Sweethearts, the little like Valentine's Day yeah, candies, yeah. their situationships uh, candies that they're launching. Okay. Have you seen this? Oh, I think I've heard of this. I think that's trendy. And- Taking all of the like bad, like yeah. deformed hearts and putting it in a box for situationships. Yes. I think that is brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. So trendy. It's it's things like that where I love brands. I'm like, you weren't scared to do something that's bold right. and different, and this situationship being a, a thing that we can kind of laugh about. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's bold and risky and I wish brands did more of that. Me too. So Me clever. too. I know I well, all of these were trendy, I guess, but I would say like <laughs> yeah. sweethearts at large have been are I find kind of tragic. Like who likes those? Yeah. Do you like them? Oh, oh. Okay. They're, the, they're, they're the, gross. They're the sad yeah. But I feel candy. like now I'm like, I want to go buy some just because this was so smart. It is so smart. And you know how these ideas work. People have great ideas all the time. And a lot of times bigger brands are like, eh, that's a lot of work. We'd right. have to like put new packaging into place and resort production. So like right. to see people go for it is just awesome. It is. Yeah. I mean, brands should not be scared to take risks yeah. or be bold. Like you have to stand out somehow. Yeah. And- it's a great way to do it and have fun with it. it yeah. I think it, definitely trendy. Yeah. Good job. I love Conversation it. hearts. Good. Sweethearts, whatever. Yeah. So good. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This was super fun. Thank you for having me. Of course. God, I can talk about design stuff. I know, right? So So where can people find you and Mad Goat? Yeah. um, You can find me on LinkedIn, Madison Dixon. Pretty easy. And then our social handle on Instagram is madgoatstudio.co. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, definitely check it out. You guys have do beautiful work. Uh-huh. We love working with you. It's been a blast working with you. Awesome. So thank you. It's been a fun day. 
All right. So you guys can find us on Instagram at namedrop.pod and I'm at Malbakes. Thanks so much. 